Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto? Don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Off the Bench with Paul Hazelby and Jimmy Williams. Hello and happy Saturday off the bench. Jimmy Williams with Paul Hazelby. What a crazy week it's been, Hayes. COVID chaos for both our West Coast Eagles and our Fremantle Dockers. COVID, COVID, COVID. Unbelievable. We thought probably two weeks ago, Jimmy, that we were through the worst and that football would go back to normality. But it's been far from that. The West Coast Eagles decimated so many of their great players out. And, of course, it does represent some opportunity for some young kids. But, Jimmy, where do you sit on this, mate? Do you think the AFL should have postponed the game? Or do you think, as they said early on in this preseason, it's going to go on as per the schedule? Credit to the AFL for sticking by what they've said, Hayes. And, and every single club in the league uh, have their COVID top-ups. They have them ready. It's been an awkward pre-season, but it presents opportunity, doesn't it, Hayes? I'm not sure whether or not it's fair. Look, it's probably not, is it? Because when the Eagles take on North Melbourne, they're going to have a lot of guys that may not have played AFL before. And um, if you look at the situation over East, the, the players over there have already had COVID. It's been and gone, hasn't it? So, um it's a tricky one. In saying that, though, Hayes, there, there are clubs over east that have had COVID cases, but they're not at this scale, are they? So what about you, Hayes? Where do you sit on it? No, I think fair enough by the AFL. They came out and stipulated that these were the rules. And that was fair because at that stage, every club knew that. And at that stage, it probably affected a lot of the Victorian teams a bit more because they were going through it. We had the top-up list. They're there for a reason. And we know that a meeting did take place throughout the week with the Players Association and the West Coast and Fremantle players saying that if you can field at least five players of your own listed players and then the top-ups of 20, the game will go on. So I'm okay with that because, Jimmy, I think it can change very quickly whilst it's West Coast this week. Mm. We're going to go back into a winter in Victoria, mm-hmm. New South Wales, and we have seen that in recent times uh, with those particular states. that They've struggled through the winter. They've had lockdowns, so it will affect other clubs at some stage, and who knows whether COVID can start affecting players more than once. I believe after a period of time, you do become vulnerable to catching COVID once again. It is the breaking news. Imagine the best DM breaker, the world's best rock breakers. Both the Eagles and Dockers will be affected by the COVID protocols this weekend, Hazen. For Fremantle, well, they're going to be without David Mundy, one of their key pillars who's been holding up an end with Nat Fife out. I know, and his daughter goes to school at my school with my kids as well. So I did hear about that one uh, along the grapevine within the school circles. But, yeah, again, he's actually got COVID, but there are some that have been laid low, like a Josh Kenny that didn't actually get COVID, has to do us a week because of the casual contact nature or close contact nature. Is it better for those guys to get it? Because as we saw with Tim Kelly, he did five or six days, and then on the sixth day, he got COVID another week. But it seems like it's gone through the West Coast Eagles, and look, it's going to hurt them for the next two to three weeks, and I'd be lying if I didn't look ahead to the market next week between the Fremantle Dockers and the West Coast Eagles. Yeah, the Derby. Quite juicy odds, because you think that would be affected, but you do not know what's going to happen down there at the Fremantle camp as well with their couple of COVID cases that have come to the surface. It's crazy times indeed, Hayes. Imagine the best DM Breaker distributors of the world's best rock breakers, dmbreaker.com.au. COVID chaos here in the West. The Eagles and the Dockers tomorrow, both affected. Off the Bench with Paul Hazelby and Jimmy Williams.
Great to have your company on this Saturday morning. Jimmy Williams and Paul Hayes will be with you. It's time for the dig. Dial before you dig the essential first step. And Hayes, I don't want to sound like a broken record, and I'm sure you don't either, but it is time for tennis officials to take a good, hard look at what is going on in that sport, isn't it? No, it's not. It's time for Massimo Calvelli to step aside <laughs> as the CEO of the ATP Tour. It's time for action. Those He had his chance. He didn't act. And now we have more cases, not COVID cases this time mm. around, but more racket-throwing cases in the tennis world. This time it's Jensen Brooksby who threw his racket and it actually hit one of the ball boys that was standing there. He had to get out of the way. And then following that, Jordan Thompson, who then lost a point, hit the ball into the crowd. And as he's about to hit the ball... He nearly makes contact with the ball girl in this scenario. And clearly when Alexander Zverev had his big blue going back a month ago, they could have come in with a hard line stance. But no, they didn't. Mm. And then Nick Kyrgios got involved. Now it's Brooksby, Jordan Thompson. And I want to throw my racket at Massimo Kelvelli <laughs> as the CEO of the ATP Tour. I've had enough. It's a disgrace compared to every other sport out there. I completely agree with you, Hayes, because how long is it before we see one of these actions severely hurt one of these ball children or kids? What's going to happen then? What happens if a ball severely injures one? What What is the punishment? What are they getting? A, a slap on the wrist and a fine that they can afford to pay for, these tennis professionals. Why, why have they not come out and sent a message and start banning these athletes from a tournament or two or kicking them out of the tournament as we saw with Zverev earlier this year? Toothless, that's why, because it's about money for them. It's about drawing the major players to all of their tournaments around the world. And we're talking about big-name players that have massive followings around the world, that they are afraid to make a big call on some of these players. But it's simple. Do it once, and it will stop. Because you're right, it will happen. And it's strange that we have saw in the past Novak Djokovic get kicked out of the US Open for hitting the ball. Now, mm. on a grand scale of things, hitting the ball into the crowd compared to um, throwing your racket and endangering those around. And we saw that with Zverev with the umpire and these two cases today where players were affected. And even Nick, Nick Kyrgios's case, sorry, not players, supporters were affected and also mm-hmm. officials. It is crazy that this continues on where in other sports, and just take AFL, six weeks was given to Toby Green because he walked past the umpire in a demonstrative way and maybe caught a tiny bit of his shoulder. Compare the difference right there, Jim. Yeah, I'm with you, Hayes. I think they need to send a far stronger message. Hey, while we're on tennis, Hayes, it would be silly not to mention Ash Barty. I mean, what a career and what a shock hanging up the racket at age 25. Well, we're so shocked and we're so disappointed because she is the angel, the perfect tennis player. She did it the right way on the court. We loved her style with the way that she was able to serve volley and mix up her shots. It was almost like going back to yesteryear watching Ash Barty. But it was the way she carried herself in the media. She made decisions when she wasn't happy in her own life. She went away from the sport. She came back. She got happy. She dominated three grand slams. And then it was really sad and hard news, really, to watch with her retiring at such Mm. a young age. But I think within us all, we're happy because she's done what she thinks is right for her and her family. She loves being at home. There's another challenge out there somewhere, Jim. I'm not sure what sport it is, but I think it will be a sport. Could be golf, could be cricket. It could even be AFLW. Who knows? But what a career it was for Ash Barty. Thank you for all that you've given. Absolute superstar of the Australian sporting landscape. We wish Ash Barty all the best in whatever is next. Don't dig yourself into a hole. Lodge a free dial before you dig inquiry. Hope you're having a cracking Saturday. More on Off the Bench after this. 
Off the Bench with Paul Hazelby and Jimmy Williams. Good morning. Happy Saturday. Hope you're having a good one. Well, the Perth Wildcats, they didn't get the win over the Tasmanian Jack Jumpers. They are back in action tonight against the Sydney Kings. And we're joined by Damian Martin, Paul Hazelby, to dissect what was a fascinating post-match press conference by their coach, Scott Morrison. It was a disaster. The game was a disaster and the press conference was a disaster as well. And Mardo, look, we've been talking about this all week and I've sort of said, why didn't they just come out early in the week, acknowledge that John Brown was here? They didn't have to say that he'd signed up, but clearly everybody knew there were pitches. And for them to play this charade throughout the week that uh, they don't even know he's here, who it is, and the media are the people making this up, I thought it was really poor. Yeah, it surprises me that... I can understand the frustration of only people asking about, you know, the John Williams. Mm. John, you know, what's going on here? Has he been signed? When's he going to play? So on and so forth. I could understand that becoming quite annoying when that's already getting asked about for the last three or four days. It was the back end of the part of his answer that really baffled me a little bit. Look, unless, not trying to throw Lockie Reed under the bus here, <laughs> but unless Lockie Reed and Channel 10 got it completely wrong and they've shown footage of someone who looks very similar to John. You know our man Lockie <laughs> Reed doesn't get it wrong. No, yeah, he's exactly here. Right. The photos prove it. He's here. So that's, that's the one that really stood out. I can understand. They did a press conference three days ago. The first eight minutes were mm. basically asking if a player's here or not and what's going so on. So they could have nipped it in the butt right there. Well, I, that's what I'm saying. The frustration would have st- stood from. Now, I know that being on the receiving end, when this type of thing happens, we, we flat out get told by the club to not make any official announcements, to make, do not comment on it mm. until we can come out. All the you know, T's are being crossed, do- I's dotted, all those things because you've got to get through fever hurdles. You've got to get through his current contract in Russia. You've got to get the NBL to sign off it. So there is some legalities behind it. Put on top of that, the fact that we've also got Michael Frazier, the third still in town, still waiting to hear what he's going on. Like, you want Michael to know first and foremost, then go out publicly with it. But right now, it just surprised me that he's alluded to the fact of almost, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, that's the only part of it Mm. that actually... Yeah, just left me thinking, what's going on here? I don't have an issue with them just coming out and saying, look, it's it's in the pipeline. There's a chance he's here. But to do that, they would have had to ch- chat to Michael Frazier, and that's out of respect. And I understand they've probably mm. done that a week ago. So I know you're talking about fever rules and these sorts of things, but you should still be allowed to say that there's a chance we're going through the process. And then if they had said that at the start of the week, it's done and dusted. Then the media don't come back and ask another eight questions. But they're not going to stop just because the coach says, no, you know, we, I'm not going to comment or talk. It's in their best interest. It's in our best interest, really, as a supporter to know what is going on. OK, I'll, I'll come back at you then. I'll play devil's advocate. What happens now if they don't sign him? Well, they don't sign him. It didn't happen. The process, we went through the process and it didn't happen. But it reflects poorly on the club, I think, that they've brought in a guy, well, hang on, how's Michael feeling now? Mm. Oh, the club couldn't shut it down. Who who had the inability to get it done? So, But this reflects poorly, more poorly. This one, in my opinion. Is is not what I was expecting, to be honest. So, one, I just want to get to the bottom of why hasn't it been signed off on, and maybe they can't come out and say why it has or hasn't. But it's definitely taken longer than once in years gone by. Because mm. we have. The Wildcats have released imports before. We, we don't like to do it. <laughs> we haven't done it a whole lot. But when required, we have because it's a business first and foremost. And the expectations and what the Red Army expect of the club is to make sure that they're in contention to win a title year in, year out. And will put forward their best efforts to do so. And sometimes that means bringing in a replacement player or a new player altogether at the sacking of another. And I've been a part of it. I've seen it. But 
this one for me was uh, yeah, I couldn't quite grasp it or the understanding of it. Jimmy, just, just we'll give quick, you the final say. Yeah, just quickly, Marto, before we have to go to the break, uh, how do the uh, Wildcats get back on the winners list against the Kings? Mate, just watch Paddy Cribs and the the heart and soul of Carlton. <laughs> How good were Carlton? Let's talk about them, not the Wildcats. We're going to be come, right, we're gonna, we, be You're right. not going to be on here. We're going to talk about them next. We certainly are, Hayes, because on Thursday night, they provided plenty of golden moments. McMahon has opportunities as good as gold. Visit careers.mcmahon.com.au. McMahon, be more. Off the bench, discussing Carlton's huge win over the Western Bulldogs next. Off the bench with Paul Hazelby and Jimmy Williams. Welcome back to Off the Bench. Jimmy Williams and Paul Hayes will be with you. Hope you're having a terrific Saturday morning. Hayes, golden moments, opportunities as good as gold. McMahon, be more. Now, Hayes, have you come around? Because they're two and zip. The Carlton Footy Club. They're going to play finals, I reckon. What do you think? I'm on the bandwagon. I'm jumping on. I know Damien Martin, our co-host throughout the week, has been on board. We just had him on, but they were amazing in that first half, weren't they? Look, a small watch on that second half. Mm -hmm. I thought the Bulldogs could have got back in and they're shooting for goal in the last quarter. Probably prevented them from making a game of it. But that midfield, it was unbelievable. They probably got now the best one-two combination in the competition alongside Petrarca and Oliver. Cripps and Walsh, how good is Cripps going at the moment? I've never seen him move so quick. He's super fit. He's getting forward and impacting the scoreboard. He's on track to win the Brownlow medal. And then Kennedy. Kennedy's last quarter, 14 disposals. I can't tell you how many clearances, but he was so dominant. Then you've got Hewitt. Young Fisher continues to build as a player. Of course, Adam Chera will come back into the midfield. It is now one of the best midfields in the competition. And then you've got the best one-two combination in the league if they stay fit. Harry Mackay was brilliant. And Charlie Kerno back to his best. And they're so different, these two. You've got Mackay close to goal, really tall, hard to get around. But the athleticism of Charlie Kerno really complements that. They kick nine goals between them, Jim. Outstanding play. And then down back, Doherty back to his best. And Zach Williams, a big-name recruit they got to Carlton last year, Mm -hmm. tried to play him as a midfield. He's not a midfielder. He's a defender, halfback, free-running type. He's in that position. They are going to be hard to stop. And there's this selfless nature and belief within the group that we've seen it before, and it was Melbourne last year that we've seen it from. Could they go all the way, Jim, or is that too far? Oh, gee, I think let's just pump the brakes. It's only two rounds in, but I do agree with you with one thing. Paddy Cripps, six votes after two games Mm. in the Brownlow medal, I reckon. And I've got to ask you, Hayes, former Docker, Adam Chera comes back into this lineup. How How do you fit a guy like that into this midfield after what we saw? Well, they've got flexibility. They can play those guys at half forward or they can play them on the wing. But it is going to come down to who, who's the best through the midfield. But even Sam Walsh, he might be suited out on the wing. I know last year he played more inside, but that was because they had some injury concerns and some form concerns there. But with, you know, Kennedy really stepping up in that last quarter, his work at the centre bounce was enormous. Look, you're always going to fit a player like Adam Chow in. But you need six going through those positions. They've got six and they're going to be dangerous. Hayes, it wasn't the only big story uh, this week. Of course, more golden moments. The WA cricket side and Adam Vosges. I mean, take a bow. WA into their first Shield final since 1997-1998. What a summer they've had. And, gee, wouldn't this be something if they could pull it off? 
Oh, it'd be unbelievable to do the triple. I don't mm. think we've ever seen the triple. Sheffield Shield, One Day Cup, and also the Big Bash. Adam Vogue just needs to be congratulated because it hasn't all been on his own terms. They've had some injury concerns and they've had players that have been on international duties. Of course, Jai Richardson's not going to play because he's got a hamstring, but they found a way. Aaron Hardy was very good. They had the bowlers in Paris that was bowling well as well. So, you know, for them to get this far, I think is enormous. And now they get to play on home soil against Victoria once again they will go in as heavy favourites and they deserve it, it's been a long time, unfortunately the Sheffield Shield is not what it once was and all those fans out there in Western Australia probably have jumped off since we won way back then. An impressive victory over Victoria, WA winning by an innings and 51 runs all out for a 337 the WA side and Victoria only managing 114 and 172 in their two digs. Well, I wish their team, Adam Voges, all the best. It would be terrific to see the Shield trophy here in WA once again. Hayes, that's all we've got time for on this Saturday morning. Good day, Jimmy. Good luck to the Fremantle Dockers and the depleted West Coast Eagles. Going to be fascinating. He took the words right out of my mouth. Going to be an intriguing Sunday of football. Great to have your company. We'll do it all again next Saturday. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.